0: And welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're doing our special spooky season. Spooky. Halloween week episode. We're going to talk about a bunch of scary movies. We're going to talk about No One Will Save You. We're going to talk about some of the Conjuring movies, but specifically also The Nun 2 and Carrie just watched Scream for the first time, the original Scream. Yes. Is a classic.
1: So <laughs> we'll talk about that too. Yeah. Our friend Rachel was very proud of me. And my friend Aaron too. Everyone yeah. was proud of me for watching that. I was like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's just, let's jump in. Let's start with No One Will Save You because I, listen. <laughs> <laughs> i saw a commercial for this and i honestly uh-huh. thought it was a fake movie because was <laughs> <because laughs> like i don't know the way the guy was talking and the the copy i don't know i was just like is this a real is this a is this an ad for insurance <laughs> so i'm really interested because i have no idea really what it's about besides an invasion so
0: okay well at There are some (laughs) twists and some techniques used in this film that I can't fully reveal without totally ruining it.
1: But I I just
0: want to say this film uses a specific device that I didn't catch on to immediately. Hmm. And then when I did, I was like, wait, let's see if they sustain this. And they pretty much did. And it was amazing. Oh, okay. it it could feel gimmicky to some people, but it's pretty cool. And it's if nothing else, it was a neat experiment to see if it could be done. Okay. so I can't say what it is. It is a filmmaking script writing device that is just pretty unique. Okay.
1: I'm so intrigued. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but I can I can try to still talk about the plot and the performances and the the setup without spoiling that specific element of it. So um, and I didn't know about that device going in. I really, I was like totally unspoiled and I was like, wait, let's, okay, all right, I see what you're doing. Okay, so this is a film directed and produced and also written by Brian Duffield and it stars Caitlin Deaver and she's one of the only main actors in it. Like, I, it, I don't think she's, she's not technically the only actor, but she's really one of the only named characters who has a lot of screen time. And the setup is, uh, she's this young woman named Brynn, and she's a seamstress and kind of a a hobbyist. She does a lot of, like, crafting stuff, and she's living in her childhood home after her mother dies, and she's also, we we come to understand that her best friend, Maud, has died at some point, like, fairly within the past... Decade or so, but it's not super clear when that happened hmm. and um she is really alone, like she lives pretty isolated. there is a small town that she lives in, but you get the impression that she is a little bit ostracized, and the town the townspeople don't like her or they don't really acknowledge her when she tries to come to town and get supplies and you know connect with people There's a lot of like dirty looks and weird behavior toward her. And we kind of we kind of learn why and that's that's a lesser plot point but I won't spoil that either. But she she still kind of tries to live her life. She's working on a model of the town in her living room, like little miniatures, and she's very quirky. She seems to like sort of vintage stuff in terms of clothing and music. She's teaching herself to do kind of like like ballroom dance kind of. <laughs> she's very she's very sort of I don't know. I kind of liked some of her hobbies. They were sort of fun, but she does come off a little bit twee as well. Yeah. But anyway, so one night she she wakes up and there's an intruder in her home. And that whole sequence is extremely stressful, very extended. She's like freaking out and it's an alien that has come into her home. Oh. And so it's kind of... This alien invasion movie, she tries to get help. She's really unable to get help from any other people. Technology seems to not work very well, so she's not really able to call or drive away. It's just, like, it's really, really stressful and tense, and the aliens seem to have a very specific, like, goal to, you know, turn turn the, the town into pod people and stuff. Nice. So she's...
1: Yeah. I think I would let them do it if they were mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
0: I mean, Sorry. that's a way to go. That's a way to go. <laughs> so, I mean, most of it is really her fighting these aliens and also trying to figure out how to escape, try to get away from any of the townspeople who have been sort of converted and... Yeah, it's, it's really upsetting. It's really stressful. It's also only rated PG 13. Okay, so it's not like it is science fiction, but it and it's horror, but it's not really, like, super duper gruesome. It's a mm-hmm. lot of like this, you know, I love these, like, not quite so bloody, psychological, tense types of horror. And it delivered all of that. And Yeah, and it's got this like specific stylistic choice and device that it uses that also adds to the tension, fear, stress, disorientation, etc. So, and it's on it's on Hulu, and it was done as a Hulu original film. So, yeah, I just really, I really enjoyed it. Caitlin Deaver put in a phenomenal performance. I. If you don't know her, she was in. She was one of the two main leads in Booksmart. She's done a whole bunch of other stuff, but she's only twenty six, and I feel like this was such a breakthrough role for her. Okay, I don't know that I would meant like it did have a short theatrical release, so I guess she would technically be eligible to get an Oscar nom hmm. uh, for this and. Like I don't know that the film itself is necessarily worthy of an Oscar nomination, except maybe for screenplay, because it is so unique of a screenplay. But I do think she should probably be nominated for Best Actress, even if I don't necessarily think she should win, because it was a very demanding role due to some of the things that like the constraints and situations that they put her through. And she's kind of also... You know, again, there are other actors in it, but she's really the main figure. She's carrying yeah. this all on her own and doesn't really get to interact with anybody else. So it's a it's lot. Cool. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, So it's just one of these that, like, it's tense, but it's not, it's not going to give you nightmares, you know? Mm-hmm. I will also say that the ending is kind of controversial and odd, and <laughs> uh it has... I don't know how I feel about the ending. I really liked everything about it all the way through. Okay. The ending did feel kind of like, I don't know if that's how I would have ended it. It felt like they weren't sure how to end it. And when I went to look on like various fan movie forums and stuff, everybody is kind of like, I either don't understand the ending or I don't like the ending. Or some people were like, I like the ending and it was kind of, it gave a certain mood that was, it was fine based on clues that we got earlier on. And it's, I think you might actually like the ending. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you like movies like the Alien franchise or there's, it has a Twilight Zone kind of feel to it. I love the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Old school Twilight Zone. Um, It's also only 93 minutes long, which is, love a short movie. (laughs) We do. Yeah. We do. So it's just like a really fun, uh, weird Thing. The music was really good. It's generally, it's got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is pretty great. Okay. So I just really, Please. I don't really have any qualms with it. I don't know, like, with a lot of horror and sci-fi, is there like a sequel potential? And I do think there is sequel potential, but I also feel like it was pretty perfect. So I don't think it should have
1: a sequel. Mm-hmm.
0: But I also feel like if it like I didn't think the quiet place needed a sequel, and then I really love the sequel, okay, so it it kind of has that similar vibe, but there is a slight quirkiness about this that it's not a comedy, but there are moments that feel semi comedic if that makes sense, yeah, so yeah, it's not as dark as a quiet place, which was just pure stress and angst, so yeah, I think I think you would dig this
1: a lot, so okay, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, Um, I've been looking at it, like, <laughs> when I go on Hulu, it's there, mm-hmm. and I've been wanting to watch it, but I wanted to wait until you had told me all about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so check it out. Okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I might do that this weekend. Cool. Sweet. Yay. But y- you have
0: been getting into some of the Conjuring universe, and I yeah. went ahead and followed you in, and I've seen... <laughs> I've seen the first two now, but you got really, you were really impressed with The Nun 2,
1: randomly, right? I was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you're not familiar The Conjuring universe, like, I didn't know it was a whole universe when I started watching <laughs> The Conjuring movies. I uh-huh. just wanted to watch The Conjuring, and as we've discussed, I really like Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson in their roles. Mm-hmm. They play Ed and Lorraine Warren. So The Conjuring movies are based on real cases that Ed and Lorraine who were real people and ghost hunters and demonologists basically. And Lorraine was a clairvoyant handled in the like fifties through the eighties, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sorry. Maybe seventies and eighties. Cause the, yeah, the like, nun takes place in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. 60s, yeah.
0: 70s. Kind of, that. they're both deceased now, but yeah. not, not that super long ago. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know exactly the order of the films, how they were made, but yeah, The Conjuring was made on a very small budget, and it (laughs) blew up. I think it made like over two hundred million in the box office, and the budget was like seventeen million. Wow! So it became sort of a sleeper hit, and they just started spinning off other movies. So there are the main three Conjuring movies, and then there's a fourth one in development. And then there's also the Annabelle movies, which are, they follow the, the, a doll. <laughs> I don't, I'm only halfway through the movie and I don't think the doll is called Annabelle. I think there's like a spirit or something in the doll. called oh, Annabelle. okay. But there are three of those and those are connected. And then the nun movies are also connected. So mm-hmm. there's the nun, which took place in, I think, 1952. Mm-hmm. And the nun character also shows up in The Conjuring too, like 20 yes. years later because it's like yeah. a demon character. Yeah. And then, you know, it's spooky season and I wanted to go see a movie, so I went to see The Nun too in theaters. And I think, honestly, part of what why I liked it so much was I wasn't doing other things while watching it. <laughs> so I was able <laughs> to pay full attention because I'm kind of guilty of that when I watch a movie at home. I'm, yeah. like, doing other things. Yeah. But, yeah, so this takes place in 1956. The main character is Thaisa Farmiga, which I think is funny. So, because they're sisters, Thaisa mm-hmm. and Vera. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I call it the the Farmiga sisters horror universe. <laughs> <laughs> so their characters are not related. But mm-hmm. Thaisa plays sister Irene. And she went through an ordeal In the first nun, she and a priest went to investigate some bad happenings at a convent in Romania. And this guy named Maurice, whose nickname was Frenchie played by Jonas Bloquet. He was there and he was sort of their guide. Uh, he brought mm-hmm. him up to the mountains and everything, but He came away from that movie with a demon inside him. (laughs) Oh, like you do. I know, like you do. (laughs) So he's been kind of like traveling across Europe and he ends up in France, but he doesn't know he's got a demon in him and the demon has been doing bad things. And so the church has been, the Catholic church has been following these happenings and they realize it's. Something is going on in France, so they send Irene, mm-hmm. who doesn't really want to go because she had a really she had a bad experience the first time. Yeah, but she's kind of the only one with experience, I think. And um, her priest fellow from the first movie has actually died since, so he can't go with her. Oh. So she goes alone, and she doesn't really want to, but. One of her fellow sisters sneaks onto the train oh. <laughs> and goes with her, and it's Sister Deborah, who's played by Storm Reed. She's a new character. She's very fun because she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't really want to be a nun, mm. so she'll like refuse to go to confession, and <laughs> she sits outside smoking <laughs> and, <laughs> and reading magazines, and like Irene has to go. <laughs> Chat with her because she's—they're like kind of the only two younger ones, I think. Mm -hmm. So the the Reverend Mother is always like, "I mean, can you go talk to Sister Deborah?" (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure. (laughs) And there's a little bit of her backstory about why she became a nun. I think she just didn't have a lot of choices, but Mm -hmm. I don't super remember the the details. So sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But she tags along because she, you know, kind of. She's interested in what Irene did the first time. And Irene doesn't really talk about it. And also, I think I get the sense that she kind of wanted out of the convent. She wanted to have an adventure. So she tags along and Irene is like, well, you're here now. I can't like send you back. So (laughs) they end up in France. It takes place mostly at a school. And this is a little bit post World War II. Mm -hmm. So it's a school for girls. And. Maurice is a t- the caretaker there he takes care of like broken doors and he does the garden and, and all the odd jobs you know mm-hmm. there is a teacher there named Kate played by Anna Popplewell, who I remember from the Chronicles of Narnia when I was a kid oh <laughs> and I feel like she hasn't really popped up very many places so I was like hey <laughs> <laughs> it's Susan oh Susan Pevensey. So she plays a teacher, and she's got, like, a 10-year-old daughter named Sophie, played by Caitlin Rose Downey. And Sophie is, like – well, first of all, Sophie's English. The rest of the girls are mostly French. Mm -hmm. And Kate is a literature teacher, so she teaches in English. I don't – I don't know. I don't. You don't have to know the details about like what <laughs> language they do their classes in, but uh, <laughs> but Sophie's kind of like an outsider. She's a little bit strange, but also, yeah, maybe she doesn't speak a lot of French, mm-hmm. so she gets bullied a little bit. And Maurice is kind of really nice to her, and the other girls tease her about that too. But Maurice is really nice to her mostly because he likes kids, but also he has a crush on Kate. <laughs> and then the head of the school is named madame laurent suzanne bertish and there's some backstory there about how she had a son and he was in the chapel area when i don't know if if it got hit by a bomb or if it was nearby and the chapel sort of fell down a little bit but he died in in a raid during war about 10 years 10 or 12 years ago or something Mm -hmm. so the chapel has been boarded up basically no one she won't let anyone go in there Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where a lot of the weird creepy things take place of course (laughs) (laughs) so irene is like looking into what's going on with these bad things that have happened like priests have died and And other people have died. So she's trying to put – she and Deborah are trying to put everything together. And it actually takes them a while to make it to France. But then, of course, they make it to France. And and Irina's like, Maurice, what are you doing here? And he's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of cute. But then, like, right when she gets there, the climax starts and, you know – the the demon nun comes out of Maurice, and Maurice is like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and what I really liked about it was you've got Irene and Kate and Deborah and Sophie and like a gaggle of of about six French girls who haven't gone home yet because a little bit before the climax they close the school, mm-hmm. so these six girls are like the only girls left, but they all work together and it's kind of really fun to see the, you know, like a bunch of women and girls save the day. I thought that was really f- an interesting choice and I appreciated mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And also the end is just kind of bonkers. <laughs> like I'm I <laughs> I don't wanna spoil things too much, but yeah, Irene does some things and you're like, that is not gonna work and it works and it's just like, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It gets a little crazy, but I think you just it's one of those movies you just have to like suspend your disbelief and you're like, I'm rolling with the rules of the of the universe and Mm -hmm. I'm just not gonna question all this stuff that's happening. (laughs) So yeah, I don't I don't know, I just it's the first movie I've seen in theaters in a while, and it mm-hmm. was a good experience, and I kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> cool. You hadn't watched the first Nun, right? No, I had watched the first Nun. Oh, you had watched the first Nun. Okay, I yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I just don't remember it that much, because like I said, I watched it at home, and I was doing other things. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, now I kind of want to watch them back to back. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely my favorite in... The universe so far cool yeah oh that's cool yeah neat yeah
0: i had watched the first two conjuring the original conjuring from Mm -hmm. 2013 and conjuring 2 from 2016 and i really liked the first one okay pretty good pretty well Mm -hmm. and that is about these are all sort of based on real cases but let me let me just be clear (laughs) and i want to say that i do think that ed and lorraine warren were not legitimate paranormal investigators. Like in real life, I have a lot of skepticism and yeah, they had in real life. They also, I put in scare quotes, investigated the Amityville horror, which I don't think was a real haunting. Oh, so I'm coming to these pretending they are fully fictional. They are based on things that happened, but I don't really think that almost any of the cases were legit. So I kind of wish they were, but I can't say. I just think – I don't know that they were con artists, but I think they were not always operating in – they. well, they were not scientists. Let's put it that way. So
1: That's interesting because I – okay, so I've sort of – I just sort of divorced myself from religion when I watch these movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that much about them, but I did watch mm-hmm. that documentary about them on Max last week. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it actually seemed like they helped a lot of people, and okay. they were they hundred percent believed in what they were doing. Okay. So I don't think they were con artists. Okay, I okay. think it's fair to say you know they weren't scientists, and right, other people might have had different conclusions about things. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I tend to think there's a lot of stuff we can't explain. So I'm not gonna.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not gonna uh, make the declaration that anything was fake per se but i do think it's i do think the best way to go into the movies is to just view them as fictional yeah yeah for sure so that's how i'm
0: trying to approach them the uh the first movie deals with a case in 1971 in this farmhouse in rhode island this family this couple and they have five daughters and a dog and i will say just yeah something bad happens to the dog so if that's gonna upset you don't Watch this one. It's not it's brief and they don't think they show anything really.
1: Yeah. You can look it up on does the dog die.com mm-hmm. and it's like at minute 15 or something so I just skipped over a couple minutes and I was fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in that movie there's basically ghosts and poltergeists and stuff in this house, and it's kind of like a classic Victorian farmhouse, and the mom is possessed, and it's a whole thing. And I thought it was pretty good, and the thing I will say is that I watched all of the show, or the first season of the show's Shining Veil, which is a comedy, but it's kind of a dark comedy, about Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear play a couple with their kids who move into a similar kind of house, and like having now seen the conjuring i shining veil vale is a satire of the conjuring and i had not okay. really realized that yeah i didn't know that <laughs> no so it kind of it makes me like shining Vale more because it was subtle as as heck and i thought that was funny <laughs> so this was pretty scary and good it was a little goofy in places but the mom of the family was Lily taylor and she did a really good job and her husband was ron livingston and he also did a good job and it was just kind of like It was a decent haunted house movie, Mm -hmm. and I liked it a lot. Conjuring 2, subtitled The Enfield Case, I did not like as much because I – and this was set in England in 1976, and it has to do with the – what was the name of the family in that one?
1: Oh, yeah, I don't remember.
0: Oh, the Hodgson family, and it's a single mom and her daughters and sons. Francis O'Connor plays the mom, Peggy Hodgson, and basically one of the daughters is kind of possessed by this either ghost or demon, and this is when we first see the the nun demon. And I kind of liked the nun demon stuff, but I thought the family stuff felt like not as... like within the universe of these movies, I felt like they were trying to claim that the first haunting in the first movie was a real haunting for the purposes of the fictional universe. In this movie, I felt like they they left the viewer questioning if the haunting was real or if the daughter was faking it. So that's interesting.
1: I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> OK. <laughs> but hey, that's OK. Yeah,
0: that's OK. I just didn't think this one was as strong as the first one. Yeah. I did not. Frances O'Connor, I like as an actress, her Mm -hmm. character was really irritating. I thought the mom was (laughs) too flippant and weird, and her emotions were all over the place. And I didn't feel like she was a good mom. I don't know. She she just seemed kind of like she, I don't know, she left her sick daughter home alone all day in a haunted house. Like, that seems like a bad choice. And (laughs) she was just sort of like. She yelled at them too much and was just kinda like, I don't know, I didn't like her. And then there is a there is a very notorious scene where Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren Mm -hmm. plays guitar and sings an Elvis song and it was (laughs) too silly for me. So I was watching this and texting you like, Yeah, did he have it in his contract that he had to sing? Like we had to be reminded that Patrick Wilson can sing and it's like musical theater guy. Like, okay. All right, whatever. That was silly. But it was still fun, and I'm still gonna watch the third one. Okay. I don't know if I'm gonna watch the Annabelle movies. You make the Nun movies sound good, so I might watch those. But okay. I don't love. I don't love the trope of a haunted doll. Like that is more upsetting to me. So right.
1: Yeah, I don't either. But I will report back because I am. Okay. I kind of paused halfway through because I sometimes I watch stuff on my lunch break, so I didn't obviously can't watch a whole movie on my lunch break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of boring, and I got through half, and then I was—I just haven't gone back to the Annabelle. Okay. But I think you'll find the Conjuring Three interesting. Uh-huh. It centers around a case where this like 19-year-old kid murders his landlord, and mm-hmm. his defense is that he was possessed while he did it. Mm-hmm. So they are brought in to prove that or not. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. I liked it more than two. Okay, cool. Cool. I'll look forward to that. Okay.
0: (laughs) Great. And you also watched something new to you that is a classic of more contemporary horror that has gone on to spawn a whole series. So how
1: did you like Scream? Yes, I thought it was pretty good. I was scared of it because I'm not into slashers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do gore very well I'm very much like the psychological things the haunting things but gore I really don't do well Mm -hmm. so I was nervous but so many people like it's a classic and so many people like it including Mm -hmm. our friends so I was like maybe I'll give it a shot Mm -hmm. and honestly I think Rachel was like it's from 1996 like you can handle the gore (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like okay Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. you're right maybe not the new ones but I could definitely handle the one from 30 years ago (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah it was good if you have you seen it yeah I haven't I've seen I think the first three
0: but I kind of tapered off because because they do get gorier as they go and I wasn't as into that but I do like the first one a lot I just haven't seen it probably since the late 90s so I don't remember a lot yeah
1: yeah, so it opens with Drew Barrymore's character getting murdered by a guy <laughs> in a ghost face mask mm-hmm. and her boyfriend as well. So that's sort of an extended intro scene. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was coming, but I was also like, "Ooh, this is <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> yeah, but they get murdered and then their school is like, oh, my gosh, this is scary. And it centers around Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell, and she gets a call very soon after that. Because what happens is Drew Barrymore gets a call, and the and the caller is kind of toying with her, and then he comes into the house and murders her. So she gets the call next, and it's basically her trying to survive being stalked and attacked by this. Guy who we don't we don't know who it is because he's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. and part of the um, uh, I guess part of the background is her mom was killed about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So she's so reeling from that and it's affected her relationship with her terrible boyfriend Billy, <laughs> playing, <laughs> played by skeet Ulrich. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they have a friend group including Matthew Lillard stewart and uh some other people that are not showing up on the first page of imdb (laughs) rose mcgowan is definitely there i don't i think tatum is her character's name Uh and then there's also courtney cox is in it she plays a reporter named gail weathers and she has this tension with sydney because sydney's mom's killer has been caught and put in jail, but Gail Gail has a theory that he's innocent, basically. Okay. So there's a lot of tension there because Sydney's like, why would you not want my mom's killer to be caught? And then David Arquette plays Deputy Dewey, who is ha- is sort of a friend of Sydney because he was around when her mom was killed. Um and he's sort of like her point of contact f- when all this is happening. mm mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just about her trying to survive and at one point I think the I think it's kicked off by the principal dying, but they don't have school. School gets canceled. Mm-hmm. So they all go to a big house party and that kicks off. It's honestly the house party is like the last hour of the movie. Oh, it's wow. kind of crazy, but it kicks off this extended climax scene. Mm -hmm. And through the whole thing, it was sort of a three-star movie for me, but the climax kind of kicked it up to four because it gets chaotic. Yeah, (laughs) I do remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just like so much happening and so many people in and out and so many people dying or maybe dying (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that it gets kind of wild. And then you figure out who is behind all this. Mm -hmm. And it's very surprising Mm-hmm. and also a little bit satisfying and yeah i don't know it's i think it's it's a classic for a reason mhm it's a very it's very compelling mm-hmm. yeah like i said the end was really good and i don't know but <laughs> do you have anything to say about it yeah the um
0: i'm remembering too that there's another character Randy mm-hmm. played by Jamie Kennedy who is a big horror movie buff right and so he is kind of narrating a lot of like moments not not doing a voiceover narration (laughs) but he's kind of doing a little audience insert kind of thing of like a lot of what's happening is sort of based on horror movie tropes and so there is this big Sense that the whole movie is a little bit of a send-up of late seventies, early eighties slasher movies, and like kind of pointing out the tropes, and that it seems like the killer is sort of playing with those tropes because the whole sequence with Drew Barrymore getting murdered is like, oh, there's a movie. It's a really old slasher. It's with the actress Carol Kane was in it, and it was like her breakthrough
1: hmm.
0: movie. When a Stranger Calls. Yeah. Okay. It's from nineteen seventy nine, and it's like she is babysitting some kids and then she gets a phone call from a guy who says he's like stalking her. And it's like a total homage to that. So, um, and there's a lot of other little moments like that that clearly the filmmakers, and I think this was made by Wes Craven, like obvious fans of classic horror and they just were, you know, doing some fun like send ups, but also you know, honoring and and giving an homage to that stuff. So I like that element of it. And I don't know that they really sustain that through the rest of the series. It kind of becomes its own thing, but, but yeah, I think now the ghost faced mask is just as iconic in horror as like Freddie and Jason and all of those other, and
1: uh,
0: the nightmare on Elm street guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
0: I'm glad you liked
1: it. Are you going to watch more of those? I will, but I'm going to space them out. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I just yeah, and I think I'm gonna definitely go to die dot com to figure out if there are any like weird trigger things or like a ton of yeah. gore that I need to be aware of before yeah beforehand That's yeah. Good. That's a good idea. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, watching a lot of good stuff lately. Yeah,
0: our spooky season
1: viewing. Well. If you, the listeners, have any spooky movies that you think we should watch, give us a holler. <laughs> but if you want to watch the stuff we talked about today, No One Will Save You is on Hulu. Some of the Conjuring movies are in Max.
0: Yeah, not all of them. I had to get the second one out of the library, but I think you can rent it on Amazon.
1: Yes, for sure. Yeah. The Nun 2 was just released on digital, but I I think you have to buy it or rent it right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure it'll become available soon. And then when I watched Scream, it was on Paramount Plus, but I believe they've moved to Max. Okay, great.
0: Next time, we'll be talking about more great pop culture stuff, so be sure to join us soon. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find our website at PositivelyPopCulture.com, and from there you can find the link to the merch store. The holidays are coming up, so maybe that'll be a fun place to get some (laughs) gifts, as well as you can email us at PositivelyPopCulture
1: at gmail.com. And please, if you're enjoying the show, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another
0: episode of Pause Pop.